Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me across the internet today is... Uh, Steady Steve, back. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh... You know, glad glad that we're here and talking about something interesting. And uh, we got another guest here with us today. And uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. This is Jigsaw Jody from Michigan. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, we're looking forward to talking about some uh, movies and kind of the state of theaters, basically. Uh, Warner Brothers, of course, announced their big kind of bombshell, so to speak, of information about their um, titles going to. HBO Max the same uh, day as theaters, and uh, we'll be talking about that as uh, we're we're pretty big theater advocates. I think all of us from maybe different perspectives of this this deal, and uh, I think it'll be pretty fascinating. And uh, but before we get into that, I will go ahead and pass it over to Steady Steve. What have you been watching? Well, uh, the last time I was on the show, I think we were talking about watching uh, Ocean's Eleven, that franchise that I've never seen. So one of the first films I picked up uh, following that last episode was Ocean's 12, another solid, uh, <clears throat> uh, a solid film in the franchise. I don't like it as well as the other one, um, but that's not a shock probably as number two is rarely as good as number one. But uh, I still want to see the rest of the films. This is the only one I've gotten to. My work schedule is just chaotic right now, and I usually fall asleep on the couch, so... These films are, um, you have to pay attention to them when you're watching yeah, them. That's uh, true. So I've decided to only watch like one of these whenever I have a chance yeah. where I can stay awake. So what I've done is watched a lot of Christmas films, which I've slept through. Uh, and most of them probably needed to be slept through. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Hallmark films, they're, they're all right for what they are. I kind of enjoy them in a weird way. Uh, you know, they're good, wholesome entertainment usually. You know what's going to happen. I mean, either way, they're, they're all right. I'm not going to waste too much time talking about those. I did watch one Christmas film. Well, there's a couple. There's one that I want to talk about for sure, which is a new film this year. I, I got around to renting Fat Man, uh, which, while not the greatest of films, and definitely shows some limitations with the film. Some. Uh, hey, uh, did you get a chance to see it finally? No, I, I, I have not. Oh. I mean, it's it's not a real high-budget film. It really kind of has a look of a direct-to-home to video kind of film sometimes. CGI's what little bit they do use is, is not great. But it's such a quirky film. Um, it, it's just one of those films that you sit back and go, yeah, that's that's not can't possibly work 
and by George, they made it work. Uh, the only thing that I wish they would have done is they should have just went all crazy. I think it would have been better if it would have been, uh, you know, grittier. Not even grittier, just more crazy is a good way to put it. Off the rails. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, this, not that way. From what I heard, it's kind of takes itself fairly seriously, which it I, does. I think kind of seems like a mistake for this type of movie, but uh, oh well. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, you know, it's uh, Santa Claus is basically kind of getting tired of being, no, he's not tired of being Santa Claus, he's getting tired of being shot at basically by street thugs and, and idiots. And well, eventually he gets a hold of the wrong kid who, uh, uh, puts a hit out on Santa with one of the craziest hitmen, and which is actually, I think, the best part of the film. And, uh, you know, the, it goes from there. But honestly, it plays it very safe. I mean, for what it is. It doesn't slide too far down the uh, the rabbit hole until the very end. The end fight scene's all right. Uh, it's, but it's, it's just an entertaining film. It's pretty funny. And I kind of like the way it ended as well. I, th I thought it was different. Uh, so it, I think it's well worth your time. It's not a great film. Don't go into that thing expecting to see uh, the best Christmas movie. It, it's it's not Krampus, which is, uh, I think, a better uh, satirical Christmas film. But it's still entertaining. Uh, I also watched another 2020 film available on Netflix right now called The Beast or La Belva. It's a French film, which I guess means The Beast. But uh, it's a, basically a foreign version of Taken. Um, you know, it's it's not bad. I rated it a four, which is I, that might be a little harsh. I really like the main good guy, if you want to call him that. But the movie really did kind of. It's like watching an Italian film that ripped off westerns. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of taken. They didn't bother to change it much. But it's worth your time, especially if you're in an action film uh mood i've seen a whole lot worse uh, four sounds like a terrible score but again five is an average film so it's just a little below average um next up was a film i wish i hadn't seen which was the christmas chronicles part two last the last one the christmas chronicles i thought was a really good uh fun film this movie was was balls netflix's uh, christmas movies seem to be bad i think i think i'll watch the uh the uh, Hulu holiday one instead, which actually <laughs> looks fairly good. I, I think I'm going to pass on this one and a hard yeah, pass at that. Because I, I thought the, I'll be honest, I thought the first one was pretty stupid. It, it is, but I kind of like uh, Kurt Russell's portrayal of Santa Claus. This one still has him in it, and he's the only thing good in it. it, it it's, it's a pretty bad film. Uh, if you want to make fun of some, some Botox gone wrong, then tune in to watch Goldie Hawn's face. I swear sometimes she can't even move her lips. Uh, I, I hate picking on people, but yeah, man. To me, it's like you just stop and I don't know, either way. Yeah. It's, it's something to behold. Uh, terrible oh, film, though. Skip it. So uh, then I got uh, another Netflix film. It's, this one wasn't a made-by-Netflix film, but it's on there. It's a Bruce Willis uh, film uh, called Marauders. 2016 film and it was pretty good you know this film had me tricked all the way into the end it's it's i don't remember this making a theatrical release i'm pretty sure it's a straight to video kind of film which bruce willis is doing a lot of um but it's actually a pretty good heist film 
uh, that you really do need to pay attention to. It's it's uh, you. I couldn't figure out who the bad guy for sure. You you got all the players. You know there's some dirty cops, dirty whatever. There's some dirty stuff here. It kept it close enough to the vest where you were guessing in the end to find out which one was actually the dirty one and what was going on. It does explain it. Stick with it. Uh, some of its editing might have been its worst part, but I give this film a seven and recommend this one. Uh, it's an, actually a really good film. Uh, it's got a pretty strong cast, and it's got a really good look, too. I love their masks and the things they're doing. So check that out. It's called Marauders. I uh, caught up with a little more classic uh, Christmas movies, Santa Claus and Rudolph, uh, you know, the animated features. Um, so uh, I did watch those actually yesterday. And then I stumbled on another film that I've yet to rate. It's called Goldstone. Uh, and it is on Netflix. It's another 2016 film. It won some awards as an Australian film uh, over, over there. Um, it's... It, I, David, I think this is one for you. Jody, okay. you probably would like this too. It's it's an art house kind of westerny film, really, uh, where you have a cop. Yeah, uh, it's it's a cop that is trying to find a missing girl, basically. And um, so much of this film is filmed in isolation. Um, it really has an interesting look to it. You know what I mean? They're in the middle of Australia in the badlands of Australia and there is nothing but a car moving on a highway for the, that you could see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's just got that solitary look to it oftentimes. A little bit like, say, uh, uh, The Road Warrior. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, where in, in the filming technique at least, but it's also a pretty slow burn. I can't guarantee you'll like it. Uh, it's pretty slow. Um, this one was a really good film. I think I'm probably going to be around a seven on this one. There's really, other than a little bad language, there's nothing in it. Uh, it's a pretty good film. But in the middle of that, they said some stuff that made me think that this film might have a past. So I got to looking on IMDb, and sure enough, this is a sequel to a film called Mystery Road. Uh, Mystery Road stars the same cop, uh, and it's a 2013 film, supposed to be really similar in tone. But now this film looks like it got some good, some more serious Oscar no or uh, award nominations overseas, and uh, probably should be watched before Goldstone. Although, frankly, you don't have to. Um, but I'm, I kind of now that I know that I'm going to go back and watch Mystery Road this evening, and. Um, uh, check it out, and then I think a couple of little pieces in Goldstone where they refer to the cop's past might make a little more sense. Uh, but again, don't need to watch them both. Uh, Goldstone is a perfectly good story on its own. Um, but, you know, Mystery Road is the other one. Goldstone's on Netflix. Mystery Road is available for free on Amazon Prime right now. So I'm going to check, check it out tonight, and I'll put up both reviews later. So that's what I've been watching. So, Sounds good. Uh, or in, or in the case of Mystery Road, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> so, Fair. Jigsaw Jody, what have you been watching? Well, the missus and I have been binging some Christmas movies, mostly the Netflix ones, <laughs> like uh, Holiday, Jingle Jangle, Operation Christmas Drop, those kind of things. And, you know, they are what they are. There's definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely an audience for them, and there's definitely not an audience for them. And we did watch Happiest Season on Netflix. That was very good as well. Um, 
I watched all four Welcome to the Blumhouse films that were made for Amazon Prime. It looks like the last three Into the Dark movies were canceled due to the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, th those were pretty good overall. There were two that I thought were pretty great and two that I thought were just kind of average disposable. Uh, I revisited John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. There you and go. And that is a fantastic movie. And I watched Onward again to get ready for next weekend. Well, heck yeah. Onward's always a good movie, though. Yep. Uh, gotta, gotta like that one. I, I think every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more than I did did before. It's quite an, quite an enjoyable movie. And that is it for me. Okay. Um, I haven't watched a whole crap ton of stuff. I did go ahead and, as promised, catch up with The Mandalorian. Um, I think there's an episode six now, so I'll have to watch it. But I got up to episode five, and uh, which, man, that episode was great. That is like, it almost feels like The Mandalorian's been building up to that episode. And I'm wondering how, it, how it'll continue that trajectory. Um, so, but it, it was a great episode. I, I think you watched that one too, Steve. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I forgot that I had been watching Mandalorian. Yeah, I've seen six. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think five is the best episode I've seen yet. Just looks great. Uh, six is a good episode. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I don't want to go into it too much. Uh, but, uh, you know, watching them, I, I want to watch these as a whole. That's what I need to do. One day just binge them and stick with them. Yeah, uh, we we went through the whole series, and it, it was a good experience. Um, you know, that first season's really good. has a lot of strong elements. I, I think season two's just as good. Continues to build on things and also kind of knows what was successful with that first season and seems to be, like, capitalizing on, you know, Baby Yoda, and uh, who's now had a name reveal. I don't want to give it away, but, um, you know, what it is. But you'll have to find that out for yourself. But he's now named... And uh, I, I think it's an awesome name. Um, <laughs> there's there's some great lore and stuff. And um, episode five actually introduces some character a character that uh, fan like deep lore or, or just you know like kind of more than just the movie fans of Star Wars will uh, recognize. And I was freaking out the entire episode. Um, and uh, it was great. She was she was actually fantastic in the role too. And uh, I was pretty impressed with it. Um, so then that spurred me into watching the entire Star Wars franchise. So I did. And uh, <laughs> I, oh boy. Um, I went through all of the movies. The only one I haven't gotten through is now um, Rise of Skywalker, which I will watch um, again. Uh, so I watched all of them, even the spinoff movies. And I kind of wanted to get my thoughts on some of the later ones. You know, the prequels... You know, after, like, in retrospection, you look at them, and they got a lot of flack when they came out. Now, I've been an advocate for those movies. I think people know that. But just looking back after these sequels that, to me, I don't know, some of them felt almost like there wasn't the heart of Star Wars. And what you can't say about the prequels is that they were just cash-ins, because I don't think they were. You could say that they faulted at certain aspects, but I think George Lucas really did put his heart and soul into that, those prequels to make good movies, and uh, the quality could be debated, but I, I actually find them quite enjoyable. Um, obviously not as good as the original uh, franchise or the sequel trilogy, but um, there's a lot of good stuff, and 
in comparison to some of the entries such as Rise of the Skywalker, which I remember the, the two times I've seen it being, uh, frankly, a, a cheap fan service cash grab, in my opinion. Um, these movies are refreshingly, uh, you know, heartfelt and interesting. So it's pretty good. Um, those prequel, or prequel movies are good. The original series is just fantastic. Those movies hold up so well. Um, every one of them. New Hope, obviously, is great. Uh, good start to the franchise. I think Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Um, and then Return is uh, probably the worst of the sequel franchise. Uh, that that uh, sixth one. And uh, But it, it's interesting in, its, in and of itself. So then, moving into the newer entries, uh, of which I probably needed to rewatch more. And uh, Rogue One, what a fantastic film. If you guys haven't rewatched this one in a while, it's so good. Man, that's actually on television last night. Yeah, it, it's so good. And um, the cut on uh, Disney Plus is the one to watch, or 4K if you could find it. Because that movie looks fantastic in that 4K transfer. Like, it is great. All of these I watched in 4K, and they look great. Just absolutely amazing transfers of all of them. The prequels look good, too. And Episode 3 is one of the best shot in the entire franchise, actually. Like, it looks great, and it holds up really well. Um, you would mistake that for a brand new movie. Um, and, um, but yeah, Rogue One looked great too. Awesome action scenes. And I love the story. This is actually one of my favorite entries in the franchise. I bumped it up on my list that I keep updated because I watch these, how many times do I watch these movies a year? A ton. <laughs> um, but, uh, this one I bumped up quite a bit because it's just such a good movie uh, with a great story. And I think everything that you want in a Star Wars movie, I think kind of has it here in a way. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed it. And then, um, Force Awakens, it's a fine film. I think we talked about it before where it's one of those movies that when it came out, we're like, okay, you know, this is a good start. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have to see the sequels of the franchise to see how, how good this one holds up. Um, but, you know, upon reflection of it, like where the sequel franchise went, it feels weird because, I don't know, every movie feels like an odd man out because there didn't seem to be a cohesive direction in these movies when you watch the prequel trilogy they feel cohesive in that three movie pack you know the sequel yeah. or the original trilogy feels like a cohesive unit in that series and all of these movies feel like disney desperately trying to get the most money possible out of these movies except for that second one uh the sequel franchise the uh, return of the jedi or not return um freaking the last jedi sorry um uh that's my second favorite Star Wars movie still, and uh, I, I rewatched it. I still love that movie. I will never understand why why people would hate that movie. Um, you know, opinions are opinions, but I still do not understand it one bit. Um, I think that movie does so many interesting things. I guess mild spoilers if you somehow haven't seen it, but there there's moments in that movie that are more impactful than any Star Wars moment to me, such as the ideas of like you know the hope of a future in the Jedi Order, of abandoning the things that made the Jedi fall in the first place to create a better, you know, group, and that the idea of the Jedi isn't held together by sacred texts or, or um, ancient laws or, or weird traditions. Instead, it was an idea and a hope of something greater and, like, this idea of pushing it forward into the franchise. And you get Rise of the Skywalker, which comes out, craps all over everything that that one did because certain fans didn't like it. 
and it came off even more cash grabby and it just really that one felt like a mess because not only did it have to be a sequel to the force awakens because it was that same director and then it had to retcon everything from the last movie that people didn't like <laughs> so it felt like this just almost jobbled together mess of a movie that had to go out of its way to do do everything it could to negate the previous century which i didn't like i mean a lot of that stuff i didn't care for but there's some good moments in it now the one i wanted to talk about um because i this is the only one i'd never rewatched because it was probably my least favorite in the franchise uh was solo a star wars story i finally gave it a rewatch in the 4k transfer and you know what after watching the sequel trilogy after seeing rise of the skywalker this movie's better than that um actually um and what I can say is that Solo at least had a heart. It had an idea. It wanted to be a heist movie in the Star Wars universe. It did some things with the lore that I thought were unnecessary. I think that this movie was... It had the feeling of a little bit unnecessary in its prequel nature, but what I will say is at least it did something unique with it. And it didn't feel like it was just there for merchandising. This movie was an interesting and fun movie. And I think in the theaters, I wanted to see a continuation of The Last Jedi, and that's why I was so disappointed with it. And um, it's not great by any means. I think it's a six, you know, which I originally rated it a four. Um, so a good two-point bump. This is an above-average movie. I do recommend checking this one out. And it is better than Rise of Skywalker. And uh, so, you know, I think that movie got panned upon its original release because of expectations. But I think upon reflection, it's a pretty decent film. And... Uh, so it's changed up my ratings of the Star Wars movies, and um, if you'd be interested, I will list them all off uh, in the order of worst to best that I have, because I updated it again after this watch. And um, starting at the bottom is Episode 1, and then uh, The Phantom Menace. I get it, a lot of people have a lot of deep nostalgia for this movie, but I I've watched, I love the movie, don't get me wrong, and I like it, but as far as like, technical merits and quality of a film goes this movie has a lot of issues um and it's number 11 number 10 is uh, episode 2 uh, same thing a lot of good things a lot of good lore i love this the world they built with the prequels because some of the best lore and stories in the star wars universe came from these two prequel movies but uh it's you know still there uh, number nine is rise of the skywalker at number nine number eight is solo a star wars story Number seven is Return of the Jedi. Uh, number six is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Number five is Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith. Number four is Rogue One. Three is Star Wars A New Hope. Number two is Star Wars The Last Jedi. And number one is Empire Strikes Back. So, uh, you know, that's probably my, what, 40th watch of the original trilogy. <laughs> um, but still amazing movies. Yeah. I love, I'm a deep Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. So uh, any chance I get to watch them, I'm, I'm happy with. So, where does the I holiday hear you. special rank? What's up? Where does the holiday special rank? Uh, that would be last, but uh, I do enjoy the holiday special. Um, I do <laughs> quite enjoy it. I do need to watch it. Um, there's a Lego uh, Star Wars special now that actually references Life Day. Um, so they're embracing the, the horror, uh, and I do want to watch it and see where they go. And I, need to, I do need to watch uh, the... Christmas special this time of the year and watch that travesty uh, that's uh, overtly long and really only uh, worth it for two or three what the F scenes uh, including one of Chewbacca's uh, father who is uh, you know 
about ready to orgasm over a uh, VR pornography. Um, so that's a thing that happened. So, <laughs> and if yeah. you don't believe it, I, I really do say this: if you're a Star Wars fan, don't believe what I'm saying. Keep in mind, this has all the original actors in it. Go watch it because it's true. It really does happen, and uh, <laughs> and a kids TV special. Enjoy. Yeah, that's something. It's been outlawed, I think, in uh, most most countries. It should be based on its terrible quality, not necessarily offensive nature. <laughs> oh, it's offensive. <laughs> it's offensively heinous, but it, yeah, it's bad. It's it sucks so bad. Oh well, that that's about all I've been watching. But I have been playing a ton of games, uh, keeping updated with that. And I'll have some updates here soon. Um, I will be uh, starting up kind of a stream. Uh, type thing that'll go with the podcast where I'll kind of like create community days to try and get some people from our Facebook group as well as like new audience members to join in and uh, watch me play some video games and kind of talk about movies and stuff through that. I think it'll be a good time. I'm uh, investing a little bit into some software to get that going and uh, it'll be a good time. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about all that and uh, kind of talk about some of the video games through there and uh, pretty excited. Cyberpunk comes out next week. So I'll be playing it, uh, but been playing a ton of uh, the One X or the Series X here recently, and I've uh, been enjoying it a lot. And uh, so, yep, good stuff. That's all I've been watching. And uh, before we get into our feature topic, we're going to go ahead and take a little bit of a break. See you on a bit. Welcome back to uh, Reasonably Real. We're going to be talking about kind of the the state of the theaters and uh, how they're how they're doing. Um, and some discussion about the recent deal that um, Warner Brothers kind of just mic mic drop moment of uh, yeah <laughs> just it sounded just like that of uh, you know with HBO Max getting these uh, day one theatrical releases day one on their service and in 4K no less uh, which <laughs> that's a big deal so. Um, I want to pass it around to get some thoughts. I, I've uh, I've got some thoughts about this because I'm I'm a two minds. Uh, first, first I I majored in business. Uh, that's my degree is in marketing. Um, so I I think I might bring an interesting perspective on it from the business angle. But I also have a personal stake in this battle. So I'm very conflicted on my thoughts on this uh, on this business move here. And uh, I'll pass it around to uh, my other co-hosts to, to give their thoughts on this first. Uh, but uh, I'm going to first give it to Jigsaw Jody because he was the one who, uh, who first came up with this idea. And we do appreciate that. So, uh, Jigsaw Jody, what do you think about this HBO Max Warner Brothers deal and, and kind of some of the other ones? Like I know Universal struck up a deal as well, but uh, theirs is a little bit more uh, theatrical friendly. Uh, so what do you think about these? Wow. Okay, so it's, I guess the best word for it is it's scary mm -hmm. for a theater lover. Some, so many of us, I mean, well, everybody really grew up going to movies at movie theaters. But with the streaming services and the ease of content and fast internet speeds and at your fingertips availability, theaters have been kind of slowly dying anyways. They're saved by the big blockbuster films like Marvel and Star Wars and Disney and Pixar and 
they, you know, Warner Brother has a lot of tentpole titles too. Like they have the Godzilla franchise, mm-hmm. the Harry Potter and Fantastic Beast franchises, the DC movies. They have so much. So this is very potentially a significant nail in the coffin for theaters mm-hmm. because e- even if they say okay it's only for one year I, I don't believe that <laughs> I, I really don't uh, I even if I think that they believe that themselves this is gonna be too too easy too convenient and to, to me I, I don't quite understand the economics of it seems like they would they still make you know Aquaman make made a billion dollars the, the mm-hmm. Dark Knight movies made a billion dollars so I don't see how they're going to get that with $15 a month HBO Max subscriptions I mean I guess with them having a whole year's worth of their films being there that's a way to keep people going but if it had just been Wonder Woman, sure, they would have seen a huge surge in subscriptions. Not to mention people waiting and using their free trials, too. Um, they actually removed their free trials in oh, okay. the announcement of this. Yes, oh, okay. uh, which I think is fair. I mean, yeah. I, some people are criticizing that, and I'm like, guys, you guys are going to get Wonder <laughs> Woman for the cost of one movie ticket in most places right. in an IMAX you know, this month. Not to mention the title's coming soon, because... I think Mortal Kombat's coming in January. Yeah. I didn't even know that was done. Uh, but apparently it's coming in January, um, which is surprising, to say the least. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. And um, I, I think from your from the business perspective, I agree with you. I think, I think what the problem with the movie industry, and I think, let's be real, with most industries in the world right now, they're focused on what makes them money right here and right now. I think in the long run, this is going to be a harmful deal for not only theaters, but I think it'll be harmful to movie producers. I really do. Um, if we kill theaters, you're killing off a huge market of where you make your money in the box office. Because some of these movies are not going to get watched on these streaming services. Um, some of these movies, people aren't going to be willing to subscribe to a streaming service over. And, and you're right, the money isn't isn't quite there. Like, um, Godzilla vs. Kong, like, I mean, I'm guessing that'll come out in movie theaters in the Chinese markets, uh, but, you know, where's that 300, 400, you know, domestic total that's coming? And, and I don't know. And um, I'm sure these people are striking up big, big deals, and I know Warner Brothers and HBO are teamed up, but I don't know where the money is in this in the long run. Right now, yeah, I see it. And um, it makes sense, but I think in the long run, it's I, I think it's trouble. Um, but but it is a scary proposition because I agree with you. The convenience for the consumers, this is a great deal, really. I mean, if you have HBO Max, um, and if you don't, you should subscribe at this point uh, because this list of titles alone is almost uh, it's a ton of them. So it means probably a good theatrical movie a month at least. Not to mention no. the rest of their lineup. Uh, here, here's the full lineup that uh, Warner Brothers is planning to release uh, to HBO Max, same day as theaters. Uh, the Little Things, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I don't know what that movie is. I'm, I'm going to have to look into that. Um, Tom and Jerry, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, 
Space Jam, A New Legacy, The Suicide Squad, Reminiscence, Malignant, Dune, The Many Saints of Newark, King Richard, Cry Macho, and Matrix 4. That's huge. That's an insane amount of movies. Here's the thing, though. I expect some of these to not happen next year. Um, <laughs> if, if these things don't clear up, because if coronavirus doesn't clear up, I don't see how that many movies are going to release unless these are somehow all finished. Um, I, I doubt it. You know, I, I don't know if this is going to happen that way. But uh, interesting, interesting lineup of movies and, and some really good ones. I mean, I'm personally pretty excited for Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat. I'm at least interested in Tom and Jerry, you know, the animated and live action take on it. Very interested in The Conjuring 3, obviously, Space Jam, Suicide Squad with... Um, um, I just I think that's gonna be crazy. So, so uh, and James Gunn's doing that Suicide Squad adaptation. I think it'll be a good one. Um, so yeah, uh, Steady Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I was uh, looking at the uh, list of films coming out. Uh, Dune probably being the one on there that, that uh, I think I'm most interested in. Um, I, I do wonder if if there's not more coming. If you remember back when uh, Universal had its spat with AMC theaters, AMC vowed to never show another one of their movies. Yeah, and that changed what was pretty it? quick. Two months at the yeah. most, maybe even a month, before they had this deal worked out, which makes a whole lot more sense than what we're seeing here with a, a smaller window to, to show video, one that does uh, tie-in you know, based on the box office results. So if you get a real big seller from Universal, they get the theater chains get longer to show the film. But in the long run, it does allow these movies, instead of 90 days, I want to say it was about a month at the top end before they hit the streaming services. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm hoping that, that there's this is going on behind the scenes as well. Um, you know, it, 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 this, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me uh, to, to do this. Now, we do have to keep in mind that many of these films, when they're released, uh, David, you and I talk about that a lot whenever we were doing our other podcast uh, that uh, featured what's the box office report. But suggest how much money is made overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. market is not the largest market anymore, frankly. The Chinese market was. Um, and they may be banking on that, although some of these films I don't think will even play overseas. I'm looking at a Hugh Jackman film called The Many Saints of Newark due yeah. out in March now. So I doubt very seriously if that gets hardly any play overseas. You know what I mean? Well, that's Clearly. the kind of, that's the, to me, though, that's the kind of movie. that I, I looked at Judas and the Black Messiah. That movie looks great, by the way. That is, that's a movie um, uh, about... Um, it, it's going to be an interesting movie. It's got uh, Daniel Kaluuya in the lead role. It, it's uh, it's going to be a good movie. Those types of movies, um, that one, the, the Many Saints of Newark, are the kind of movies that make sense to me, right? Because if That's you can get right. a deal, if you can get a deal, at you know, say that movie's probably going to pull in. What's it going to do theatrically? Twenty, thirty million domestically, I, yeah, and maybe. you get the people are more likely to watch those at home. And I've said that theaters are going to change to bigger releases. I think that's going to be there. But movies like Godzilla and Kong and Mortal Kombat, even I think, would probably do well. Or Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm interested to see the economics of this because from a business perspective, I'm completely perplexed by where they're planning on making money. I get advertising. I get the subscriptions. But 
I don't know. They're going to go HBO. What, what HBO is going to do is go into debt, picking up these titles like this and paying big money to the creators of the movies and, um, and end up in a situation similar to Netflix where they're constantly having to add more to get more and more subscribers because they have to pay off their yeah. immeasurable debt that they've paid off to these people. And yeah, I, I'm, not, I, I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly on that. I just don't understand. I, they're going to make their money overseas, but yeah, they are missing out on what do you think Godzilla will rake in and it's, and it's an American run. Well, to be 300 fair, though, million the last probably. one underperformed pretty significantly, very ah. significantly. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I don't, I would imagine Godzilla and King Kong in one movie would bring in a lot of money. Um, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I just don't understand today's movie audiences. And I really don't, frankly, if, you know, the Christmas Chronicles 2 is one of the most popular movies right now, then no, I'm completely out of touch with movie watchers today. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It, it's a big move, and we'll see how it ends up in the long run. But I, I, think it's, I think it's damaging to the movie industry as a whole. I really do. I think this is a very short-sighted move um, for the right now. Because, yes, these movies are probably going to make more right now. Because, I mean, if... if Tenet came out and a Christopher Nolan theatrical based movie with that much hype came out and pretty much was what anyone would consider a flop in the box office. None of these movies are going to do good. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. You, you, know, you would but, think they would not even make movies. Uh, they'd just stop, which they, which is what happened. Now they are making movies again. Um, but you, you would think they would just stop that until the COVID is cleared. And people are more than willing to go to movies. You know, we're all hardcore movie fans. Uh, I, I've only went and seen one movie since COVID hit. Uh, some yeah. of that was because of necessity. But now the theater here in our hometown is open on a weekend. Uh, my first question is how many people are there? So Probably it's not. I mean, very it's, few. Yeah, there, was, there were six for the movie I went to see. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, I just don't know where they go from, from here with you. I would like to say that uh, this is reading from the Post-Dispatch. Uh, now, it, it doesn't list the interview, but it does say that it is interviewing Ann Sarnoff, the chief executive officer of Warner Media Studios. Uh, they quote her as saying that uh, given the unprecedented times we're in, we needed a creative solution to address our fans, filmmakers, and exhibitors. Uh, big and bold is a necessity right now. She called this a temporary solution and a one-year plan. And the studio said other options, releasing big-budget films solely in reduced-capacity theaters or delaying films another year, weren't appealing. Um, you know, that's... I don't know what else to say about it, other than they seem to look at it as a temporary solution. Let's hope that's the case. She, so. did go on, she did go on to say we've got to get people in theaters at full capacity at some point. Uh, but we don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, and, and that's accurate. I mean, there's a truth yeah. to that, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that um, makes me feel a little better about what they're doing, but I'm, I agree with Jody to a, to a certain I extent that by the many. time this actually washes out a little bit, it may be too late for uh, these movies, some of these movie theater chains. Yeah, I mean, they're I losing I, money hand over fist. I, I'm not a huge... I don't... I don't trust Warner Brothers as far as I could throw them, frankly. I like a lot of their movie properties, don't get me wrong, but as a business, 
uh, like from a business perspective and an ethics perspective, they have not won me over by any means, especially with their uh, video games and stuff like that, where they've done some pretty pretty off the wall stuff. Um, so I, I couldn't, I wouldn't trust Warner Brothers any farther than I can throw them with these statements. It's corporate speak, as far as I'm concerned. Basically, what that boiled down to was we need to impress our stakeholders with something big to show them we're trying to make money. Yeah, and uh, that's, that, that's what it's true. At. They said yeah. they're high value targets or some crap. Uh, that's that's their stakeholders. That's what they care about with yeah. this. Um, yeah, they pretty much rolled everybody else under the bus. Yeah, and you know, it, at least Universal tried to come to some compromise. See, I think there's uh, money in that. I really do. I think there's money in these, you know, concurrent releases on video on demand. Because I'm looking at it from a perspective, not just of movie theaters, but movies in general. Because I think, like I said before, I think it's harmful for movies. Because eventually, if, if this is the model that takes off, you know what's going to happen? Big, big movies like Godzilla vs. Kong are not going to be the norm. They're going to be these, you know, Christmas Chronicle 2. We can make $3 million movies because that's what people want to watch on the small screen. Because all they want to do is watch it in the background while they play Candy Crush. I... That, that's a problem to me because I don't watch movies in that way necessarily and I, I don't know I, I think it's a problem for the industry as a whole I don't know if I like what I'm seeing you know from that perspective I get it from a money angle I get it for a temporary angle but I just don't know if I trust it here's what's yeah. telling to me is they came out and said we're going to release our entire 2021 slate to HBO Max but then yeah pushed Batman to 2022 so that it wouldn't be included in that. Yeah. That is so shady to me. Because yeah. if, if it's truly for the reasons that they say, then they would want the Batman out along with all the rest of them. Sure. I, I don't it disagree. Tells me, it tells me that they don't even themselves have the fullest confidence that this is going to work. So no, gonna, I, I don't think yeah. they do. And uh, you're right. I think that's actually a really good point. Because with the exception of a couple of these, I think a lot of them are, are shaky whether they'll do well or not. As I'd said you know, earlier, the last Godzilla movie didn't do well in the movie theater. Mortal Kombat's up in the air. Who the heck knows how that's going to do? I mean, it's a big property, <laughs> but uh, it's a big game property. But, uh, you know, who knows if the movie's going to be good? I mean, the last one I like, but it's debatable. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, Conjuring is going to do well, but, you know, I, I think it could be successful in streaming. I think horror in general can be very successful in streaming. I, I do worry about that from a, a horror perspective, too, because those movies are mostly rated R. And I think they're going to be able to make more money, in a way, if they do the charge, you know, $20 thing. I think it's actually been successful for a lot of horror movies. So, I don't know. It's pretty fascinating to see where it's going. And um, I'm a little bit concerned. It sounds like we all kind of are. Yeah, well, I think the biggest concern for me is the fact that I think uh, I think our theaters. Maybe I'm just looking at our theater. I don't. I'm not for certain if, say, the big theaters in St. Louis are ever going to go out. They'll probably still be around. No, I agree. But a lot of these little ones, like the one in Farmington, Missouri, are probably done. I, I just can't see how they're yeah, they're I, paying rent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I, I've been wondering that for a while. And, um, yeah, it's tough. And, I mean, even some of the mid-range ones, I, I think, could potentially go under. 
And with the exception of like the art house theaters, I think will still get funding and audiences because of the crowd that that brings in anyway. They're used to this, frankly. They're used to the smaller audiences. They're used to niche titles and, and going for their big targets. But even like the Festus movie theater, for instance, I think might be in trouble with this as well. Um, someone who's, you know, put a bunch of money into renovating it. And, um, you know, they might be in trouble too. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and I, I kind of hate it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, I agree. Well, I guess I we'll mean, just have to wait and see. And it's not like I hate it enough to where I'm, because I'm gonna be part of the problem. To be fair, I mean because I'm totally, I mean in a way I look at that title of movies and I go I'm subscribed to HBO Max, I'm set. You know this year with with some movies to watch, and I'm gonna save a lot of money doing it. And that's the problem. It's even you know. As much as I hate to say it, you know, I'm looking at that and I go, I can see the convenience of it. I can see why, you know, people would want this. Yeah. But I'm just curious where they're going to be making their money. We'll see if it works. I also, if it... Yeah, I also think it's possible that we could see maybe a uh, the quality of some of these blockbuster films are just not making them entirely kind of go away. Well, that's what you I was saying I mean? earlier. That's why I was yeah. saying that where the, the, the landscape of the movies is going to be different. Like yeah. the Godzilla versus Kongs might not exist in the long run because these yeah. mid-range titles that you know are made on twenty million dollars or whatever are going to be the big money maker because people are going to watch them anyway, just as much as they're probably going to watch Godzilla versus Kong. So they don't need to spend these hundred million dollars to get butts in seats because it doesn't matter. They already got their deal and they're going to run with it. You know, so it's weird. Hmm. Well, does anyone else have any additional thoughts about these uh, plans? No, just can't wait for Dune. Dude, yeah, I, I am excited for the movie, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I mean, to guess to watch it at home, I, my setup's good. I think a lot of people are going to be missing out on a good experience, though. Um, yeah. You know, watching yeah. that at home, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm, I might still try and see some of these in the theater. Like I might, uh, if Dune is available at a time where some of this is calmed down, I probably will try and make it to a theater to go see that. And that's the hope. Is that enough people turn out to these movie theaters? So that is, I guess, before we close out the show, kind of the call to action. Is if you want theaters to succeed, go see them in the theater anyway. Yes, it's more convenient to watch at home. Yes, it's cheaper. But if you don't want the movie theater experience to go away, and I'm not trying to be the fear monger, they really are in danger. And if you want the movie theater to stick around, you need to go see these movies in a theater if you can. Otherwise, they might be in trouble. I will agree with that. They they just you know at, at least we got to wait till towards the end of the year for Dune. Uh, you know it's October, so hopefully there'll be a there'll be a uh, inoculation available. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, man, what a cast and crew that movie's got! How can it fail? Oh, that's right. They're they're making Dune the book into a movie. Never mind. The the writers <laughs> the writer of the original Dune book, son, visited the set of Dune, and he said it will be. The definitive adaptation of Dune after what he's seen of it. He said oh, yeah. it will forever be the definitive uh, uh, adaptation of Dune, I believe is his quote. So well, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I was anyway, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, it's, uh, I, I see that our, our, our boy Roger Deakins, Mr. Cinematographer of the Year Award, is not doing this film. He had uh, the last couple of Deacons films, I think. I know he didn't do Arrival. 
Ah, okay. This is Greg Frazier. So Hans Zimmer's doing the music, though, so there's a guaranteed Oscar. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that cast, you know, and Dean Evil knew has still not done anything bad. So, uh, but man, what a cast. It's, man, I'm looking so forward to this film. So. Yeah, I am too. Jigsaw Jody, you got anything else you want to want to add before we close the show out here today? Nope. Uh, other than yeah, for sure. Between Dune and Godzilla, if I can seek them out, especially at an IMAX theater, I'll still plan on doing that. So yeah, yeah. I'll risk COVID for the IMAX in St. Louis on uh, on Dune. <laughs> You're right. I don't know if I'd do that, but but now if I could find a pretty safe theater, I'd probably be willing to go go see these in the movie theater for sure. Just put a plastic have... bag over your head. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd be okay from COVID, not other things. But wait, my boy Donnie Trump told me I could drink bleach uh, oh, to to get oh. it. So I'll I'll put a little bleach in my uh, I'll put a little bleach in my soft drink. I'll be all right. Oh, there we go. Good deal. Uh, all right. Before we get too far off the rails, I want to <laughs> I want to thank y'all for listening. Have a good one. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.